What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 46. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we got the Travelers to recap. We're looking forward to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, the third installment of that golf tournament. And then we got some headlines to get to also with some show stuff and some T9 stuff to cover. Uh, new instructional video coming out this week. It was supposed to go out last weekend, uh, but some editing stuff, blah, blah, blah. You guys don't need to know about that side, but new instructional video coming out soon. I think we're going to go, I think Thursday will be out on YouTube. So that's going to uh, be good. It's for the slices out there. So if you slice a golf ball, this one is good for you. So that's come out Thursday. But yeah, really excited to recap the Travelers. We, I was there on Sunday and it was awesome. I didn't stay for the playoff and good thing I didn't because it was like a two hour ride from my apartment. And I think I got back to my apartment and it just ended like five minutes ago. Eight playoff holes is a ridiculous amount of golf for those guys to play. And it looked like just no one wanted to win. No one wanted to make a putt. It was kind of ridiculous. It was funny on Twitter to see all the all the things that people wanted to see instead of golf. Like first guy to hit it on the red umbrella wins, drop it at 15 feet. The first guy to make a putt wins. Like it was a ridiculous amount of golf, but it was pretty awesome. So I'm very excited to talk about the Travelers. Very excited to talk about my day in Connecticut. TPC River Highlands looked fantastic. The field was really good, but the golf course is amazing. Um, it does show on TV pretty well, but the stretches, the stretch from what is that? 15 to 18 is as good as it gets as a closing stretch on the PGA tour. Those set of holes are incredible. So we're going to talk about everything, especially the Travers. Then we get into the rocket mortgage. Bryson DeChambeau is a defending champion. Uh, the field actually looks pretty good. I didn't expect it to look as good as it did. I didn't really realize it was pretty damn good until I was looking through the betting odds and it was pretty much just like name after name like it's not like DJ Brooks JT and like Rory but it's a good stable of names from like the category under that right it's not the superstar superstars I mean there's a couple but there's just in the middle tier it is loaded with those kind of guys so pretty excited we're back in Detroit this week so pretty excited to go over everything about that tournament uh, betting wise, not so great last week. We're going to go over that at the end of our travelers recap. But before we get into the travelers headlines, Nelly Corda wins the women's LPGA shot a final round 68. She was 19 under total and won by three strokes. It was a two horse race. Pretty much her and Salas finished. She ended up finishing at 16 under, but the next closest was 10 under. So it was definitely just kind of a two horse race pretty much. And that was after... What day was that? That was after Friday, I think. After that, those two girls just separated themselves from everybody else, and it was pretty much those two. Um, my girl, my favorite uh, LPGA player, Danielle Kang, finished T5 at 8-under with Patty Tav. The golf course was incredible. Atlanta Athletic Club, talk about a closing stretch of holes. That golf course, 15-18, to 18, I don't know if it gets any better than that. Water's in play pretty much on every single hole. The par threes are challenging. The last hole, the finishing hole, is incredible. Water down the left. You have to choose if you want to go for it or lay up. There's water in front. It is a ridiculously good golf course. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's where Keegan Bradley won his U.S. Open, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, the golf course was outstanding. Trouble everywhere makes the closing stretch just that much better. 
would it have been a little bit better of a closing stretch if it wasn't just down to two people and pretty much just Nelly at that point? Yeah, probably. But Nelly Quarter gets her first major. I think this is her sixth win, and she's now ranked uh, the number one player in the world. So that's crazy. So she just did exactly what John Rahm just did a week ago. So that was pretty awesome. Those Quarter sisters are ridiculous. That entire Quarter family is crazy. Like all their like their mom and dad are like tennis pros. I think. Their brother's like a top 50 tennis pro. Ridiculous. So she gets her first PGA or LPGA major win. It was just very impressive. Her near albatross, she was tour saucing all over the place. That's a shout out the no laying up boys. She was tour saucing all over that golf course. The near albatross was ridiculous. She was club twirling. She was walking stuff in. It was incredible. I actually watched that aside from Sunday because I was at the Travelers. I probably watched that more than the PGA tour event this week love me some ladies golf and it was a fantastic tournament speaking of lady golf the olympic teams have been announced and the women's team is stacked you have the quarter sisters then you have danielle kang our girl and lexi thompson that is a ridiculously good team so hopefully we can get some medals out of that team it's going to be a fight uh the lpga tour is loaded with international talent so we'll have to see how they do but the quarter sisters are both in good form Kanger just top five did a major, and Lexi was just in contention at the uh, Women's U.S. Open. Obviously, her back nine wasn't great, but that team is absolutely loaded. So really looking forward to that. And then the men's team was also announced. Uh, Kyle Morikawa went on uh, Jimmy Fallon, the Tonight Show. He is one of the players. Xander is going. JT and uh, Bryson. So those are the four guys. Again, another team that is absolutely stacked. I wasn't or I'm not familiar with the uh, points for the U- uh, for the Olympic team. I don't know if it's like a different set of points or whatever. Uh, obviously, Bryson's won, what, twice this year. JT won the players. Uh, Xander is a little bit of a surprise. He hasn't won in a couple years. And then Colin, obviously, coming off a major win, won a concession. So he has a couple wins also. Uh, I'm surprised. I don't know if he turned it down. I don't remember seeing anything about him turning down. So if I'm wrong, obviously correct me. But DJ is not going is a little bit of surprise. I know he's not in great form right now. Like he hasn't really done anything of late. But that's a little surprise with like the Masters win and everything. But who knows how they were doing points. And then the last thing is Euro Tour. So you guys are going to definitely see a lot on the Euro Tour in the next couple of weeks just because the Open is coming up and I believe three weeks. Uh, even less than that actually opens weeks starts in what 14 days but the the tournaments going up to the open are really good like the irish open the field isn't stacked with american guys it's a lot of european tour talent obviously uh rory's there and there's a couple i think martin keimer's coming off a solo second so there's going to be a couple guys but then the scottish open is the one you guys want to look for because i'm sure uh patrick reed always plays in it uh more cow i think is going to play in it. Rory's going to be over there. Ricky's going to be over there. Like the Scottish is usually loaded. I think the last year that they had the open, Phil was over there too. So that field is usually stacked. And then of course the open. So the guys like to go over there a little bit to get in some links golf before the open. So the next uh, couple of weeks on the European tour are going to be very busy. But this week was the BMW International Open and Victor Hovland went over there and got the W, his first European tour win. Like I mentioned already, the runner up was Martin Keimer. He has done, I think he's done everything but win that golf tournament. Actually, he might have actually won that golf tournament before, but I know that he usually plays there or he usually plays well there. Another runner-up finish 
Victor Hovland gets his first Euro Tour win, and he was in he was in pretty good form. Like Victor's kind of just been hovering around leaderboards. I know a couple weeks ago I picked him to win. We bet him on at the U.S. Open. He's just been kind of hanging around. Goes over there probably to a little bit weaker of a field on the Euro Tour and gets the W. But yeah, that's all I have for headlines. That's all I got. So the Travelers Championship. The the motto, as I was writing down all the notes for the show, I just realized kind of how weird golf is. It doesn't really make sense. There was a couple instances earlier just this year with like guys just carrying no form into a tournament and then just showing up and like winning. And that kind of happened like a decent amount this week. And the opposite, like guys carrying crazy good form excuse me, and then just not doing anything. Just golf is very, very weird. And that's what the Travelers Championship was, capped off by a tournament ending after eight playoff holes. Like, golf is just weird. Harris English gets his fourth PGA Tour win, the second of this season, actually the second of 2021. Do you guys remember he won the very first tournament of 2021? He won the Century Tournament of Champions in Hawaii the first week of January. Since the start of May, English has been playing some pretty good golf, actually. He had a top 15 at the Byron Nelson, top 15 at Palmetto, solo third at the U.S. Open, and now he gets a win. So honestly, not having him on the card last week was kind of a miss for me. I know his name come came up with a couple other blogs out there. He's a good ball striker. He can roll it, and that's kind of what you needed around TPC River Highlands. Those are the kind of things that you need. And... He was two back heading into the final round. He shot 65. That got, was good enough to get into a playoff. I thought that was going to be good enough to win. We saw him make birdie on 18 to get to 13. And then after him and Day finished up, we left. That was when we left. I thought that was actually going to be enough to win at that point. I knew that um, Kramer was coming in and he could have tied. But to me, I didn't know if he was 18 at River Highlands is a pretty tough golf hole I wasn't sure if he was going to birdie it and then he did obviously that was clutched by him but or did he birdie it I don't even know because I didn't even know if he birdied 17 now that I'm thinking about it I gotta look that up before I say something stupid because I think we left right before I'm gonna look at his card just so I can tell you guys for sure yeah so he birdied 18 man he stuffed it in there huh holy crap yeah eight feet made the putt but what I was saying was 65 to get into the playoff. Like I mentioned already, eight playoff holes, ridiculous. And then finally hit like a 16 something inch putt for birdie to finally win strokes gained wise. It wasn't the most impressive week for English. I think he was ninth off the tee, 32nd in approach and 18th in putting. So it was one of those things. Most of the time when you see a guy win, one of those strokes gain categories like stick out in your head like, oh, he made a hell of a ton of a putts. And that's kind of you see it in the strokes gain like he's one or two in the top five of a certain category. This week, Harris just did everything pretty well and it was enough to win. So not super impressive stats wise, but it absolutely got it done. And one of the things that kind of put me off on Harris English before the week started and why he wasn't really on the card was his history here was awful. He had a T71 in 2019. He missed the cut in 2018, missed the cut in 2017. So no recent. I think if you go all the way back to like 2014, I think I read somewhere that he had a top 20 or something like that. So you had to go back like seven years for him to have an okay finish at TPC River Highlands. But it's not always about golf course history. Sometimes if you're just coming in with really good form, 
you get the W. And that's the perfect example here. He was in great form, just had a solo second at the US Open, and then he gets the job done for the second time in seven months. So he was very impressive. The guy that he was in the playoff with, Kramer Hickok, was making a run for his first win. I mean, the kid was really going after it. I thought thought he made one of the putts in the extra holes. He started to walk it in. I think he must be buddies with Sam Burns because Burnsy was watching him, and he was walking that thing in, and I have no idea how it didn't lip in, and it was breaking right to left. I don't know how that doesn't lip in, but shot 63 on Thursday. That kind of set the pace for him for the week. But since the Farmers Insurance Open, his starts, miscut, 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 T58, miscut, miscut, T57, T51, miscut, T14, miscut. And now he finishes in solo second and had a very good opportunity to win the golf tournament. Again, another reason why golf just doesn't make sense sometimes. And his only start at TPC River Highlands, he finished T60. Like nothing showed. I guess the T14, but kind of in the mix of all those missed cuts and top 60 finishes, that kind of seems like an outlier. Like, oh, cool. He like struck the ball well that week, whatever. T14, that does whatever. And then comes out of absolutely nowhere in solo second. I mean, obviously a 67 or a 63 rather on Thursday helps the cause, right? You just start the golf tournament seven under. That's pretty good. But sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Mark Leishman was another guy that was just roaring up the leaderboard on Sunday. I was following him uh, on my phone because the couple, we'll talk about Brooks in a second, but we were really following Jay Day and English. And Mark Leishman was one of the one, names like rumbling through the crowd a little bit. Everybody checking their PGA Tour app and it's like, oh, Leishman's making a bunch of birdies. He was four back going into Sunday, shot 64 and posted 12. And as the day kind of went on, I thought that was going to be probably enough to get into a playoff. I thought that was a very impressive round of golf. But again, golf is weird. His three starts before this one, before getting to Connecticut, Mark Leishman missed the cut, tied for 57th, and then solo 64th. Like, doesn't make any sense. I mean, he has played well here in the past. He's had a few top 25 finishes in his last five starts here. But again, nothing really pointed to Leishman. You have to really go back to what the Masters, where he finished inside the top 10. So nothing really pointed to that either. But a couple low rounds of golf, especially one on Sunday, that you're only four back and then you shoot six under, like you're probably going to be in contention. And again, he was the name that was rumbling through the crowds, that he was making a bunch of birdies. Another guy that was making a bunch of birdies was Kiz. He made a run at it. I followed him... For most of his front nine, we caught up to Rosie and Kiz who were in feature group coverage. I think we caught him on the third hole uh, and he didn't really do like a whole lot. Uh, he was making a bunch of pars, hitting some pretty good golf shots, but really couldn't get anything going on the greens. Like he never really stuffed an approach. He was always like 30, 40 feet and then tapping for par. Like that's kind of what he was doing. He made a couple good up and downs also. And then on nine, I, I don't know the exact measurement of the putt, but he hit a really good uphill left to right putt on nine. And that was the start of everything. And that's when we left him to go follow uh, Brooksy, Brooks Kepka, not Bryson DeChambeau, to follow Brooks, who we'll talk about in a second. So we left Kiz and then... After a couple of holes of following Brooks, I went on my phone to check what Kisner was doing. And then he just goes birdie, 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 birdie on 11 through 15. 
and then he birdies 18, final round 63, and he finishes in a tie for fifth. Like, Kiss had himself a week. And it was a very weird week. He shot even par on Thursday, which is whatever. That's not that big of a deal. But he made 18 pars. That was the only thing he put on his scorecard. He made 18 pars on Thursday. And then on Friday, he follows it up. He birdies one. So he gets that completely monkey off his back, only made pars on Thursday. He comes out, birdies one, first hole of the day. He goes on to make five more birdies, so six total, and an eagle on Friday. And I think he mixed in a bogey. So what is that, seven under? Did he shoot 63 twice? Yeah, 63 twice, right? And then I think on Saturday, he went out and shot one under on his front nine, and then he shot a back nine 40 to shoot 74, which is not good. You don't want to see that. And then Sunday has a relatively pedestrian front nine with eight bo- uh, eight pars and one birdie. And then he birdies 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 18 to shoot 63 <laughs> in top five. Like what a weird week that is. Um, Abe answer. He finished solo fourth. His week was highlighted by an ace on eight, or at least we think so. Not a single camera captured the hole in one. Uh, we were went by eight a couple times, and people were talking about it because eight's a tough hole. It can play a little bit long. The green is really tricky. It's got multiple levels. That was actually the one thing about TPC River Highlands that the uh, cameras on TV definitely don't do it justice. Those greens, and I mentioned it on the show last week undulating different tiers those greens are really really tricky and it makes putting difficult that's what i mentioned on the show like if you're not sticking it to 10 15 feet with your approach shots and you're leaving yourself those like 30 footers it's going to be a long week for you because those greens are really really tough but anyway and eight is just one of the examples but guess an ace he still bought everybody drinks, which was really funny. One of the coolers, I don't know if it's at the clubhouse or something, had like a sign on it that said like beers courtesy of Abe Answer. Wasn't caught on camera, but promises it happens. And it had Modelo's on the bottom. Awesome. And then another guy that finished in the top five, who I've mentioned a couple times already, Brooksy. Brooks Kapka finished T5 after his best round of the week, Sunday, 65. He was locked in. It was really fun to follow Brooks. The crowd was hyped. Uh, I've never watched Kepka in person. He punishes the golf ball. It was insane to watch him off the tee. And iron play was really good, good on the greens. And nine, if you guys aren't familiar at TPC River Highlands, it's like this dog leg right where you can either split two fairway bunkers, one on the left and one on the right, but it like dog leg. So it's like a really accurate like iron or like five wood shot. That's what Harris English, no, not Harris English, who was playing with um, Straka was playing with Brooks. And that's what he did. He laid way back in between the bunkers and had like a nine iron or a wedge into that green. But Brooks took it over the corner, over the trees, over the houses. And I hate, I think he hit it 349 and just was, I don't know, a yard off of the green. And then he got up and down for birdie. It was insane to watch him play. And it's funny, like he doesn't interact with the crowd, but he definitely um, like acknowledges the crowd. Like on the first tee box, when he's getting ready, he's pulling Dryder out of his bag. He was wearing a peach shirt and somebody, some guy behind me goes like, Brooksy, we love you in the peach, baby. And he like laughed for 25 seconds. He loved it. 
his uh, his fiance Jenna Sims is in the absolute mix. I know a lot of the wives on the PGA Tour either like don't follow or when they do follow the husband or the boyfriend or whatever, they're kind of like up on the side, like with family, friends and not really like interacting with anybody. Jenna Sims is in the mix. Like she's up against the ropes talking to fans and stuff. It was really cool. But Brooks, after the round, he made some comments uh, about the major to non-major golf tournaments. He said, it's all mental. It's tough to focus like that. I'm going to be a flat out on it. I can't focus. A major, I get excited and I feel stuff on the first tee. I just struggle to do that at regular events. The focus and discipline is there in majors when it, where it's not here. I kind of go for everything, meaning he's just going for pins. And then he also mentioned that pin placements on greens keep more guys in the golf tournament. Like in majors, they'd be a step or two from the edge of greens where at a normal golf tournament, they're four or five steps, meaning you can have a bigger miss and still be okay. And then Brooks is just seeing flag sticks at normal uh, tour events. And he called this game average this week. It's pretty funny that a top five finish is average for Brooks Kepka. I get it. He wants to win every time he goes. But that's kind of been the thing we've been talking about with Brooks since pretty much he won his like second major probably is he doesn't really care about these other tournaments. And he's kind of said it in the past. And then he kind of just locks in for majors. And he was just brutally honest after the travelers. Like he just gets locked in for major championships. It's all mental. And then a normal tour stop, it's hard for him to just zero in on 20 feet left of the flag, pay the middle of the greens and then make putts. And I, I kind of get it, right? At a, at a Travelers Championship, it wasn't as bad. I think DJ won it at, what, 19 under last year. And this one, the winner was 13 under. But at a lot of tour stops, you need to make a lot of birdies. The tournament this week, you need to make a lot of birdies. Bryson won it at 23 under last year. And when pins are not in diabolical spots on the greens, more guys, less talented guys than Brooks can go right at flags. And that's why for him, it's a little tougher to be like, to get locked in mental strategy, that side of it, which I don't know. He also mentioned that his knee was a lot swollen this week, uh, which I get it. Torrey Pines is a tough walk. And then TPC River Highlands is actually low key, a very tough walk. It's very undulating, very hilly. It's kind of all over the place. So that's a tough walk too. So doing six, seven days at TPC River Highlands is obviously tough, but I guess he's going on vacation before going over the pond for the, I don't know if he's playing in the Scottish open. Obviously he's playing in the open championship, uh, he mentioned that I don't think he's, he's not going to pick up a club for like 10 days. So he's going on vacation. He's getting away. So good for Brooksy, but it was awesome to watch him, f- uh, play. I w- follow Brooks for a little bit. Like I said, kids, Rosie, uh, J day, which his back is really bad, but I love watching JJ, J day. Everything about him is just so smooth. I love it. And then there were some other guys like who, who else did I watch? I saw Leishman a couple times. Bo Hostler's big goofy ass for a couple holes. Saw Pultz, um, Phil for a second. But yeah, that's it. It was a little bit of a bummer because Jordan Spieth pulled out, I think, because of injury. JT wasn't there, which he usually plays there. Rory's not there, but he usually plays. Um, so it was tough not to have those boys, but it was awesome. Betting-wise, uh, we hit a couple... Kevin Streelman, top 20, he missed the cut, which that was a big surprise to me, actually. He loves this golf course. He was a runner-up last year. He's won this tournament. He's in good form. That missed cut, to me, kind of came out of nowhere. He missed it at, I think, forget what the cut was, two under or three under, but he shot one under over the first two days. Scotty Scheffler, this was probably one of my more confident bets for the week for him, top 20. I even considered him top 10. Just because in his last, what, four starts before this one, he had three top 10s. I love Scotty this week. 
He finished in a tie for 47th. I think he was inside the top 15 going into the weekend, and then he just could not get anything going over the weekend. So we missed that one. Max Homa top 40, which I thought that would have been a, that should have been an absolute lock. And he missed the cut. So I don't know what's going on with Max right now. Brian Harmon, uh, we had him for a top 30. That was a very, very easy hit. He finished inside the top five. That's plus 110. Charlie Hoffman, we had for a top 30. He tied for 30th. So we'll take that at plus 140. And then Ricky Fowler, another one that I felt actually pretty confident with because he was playing better golf. We had him for a top 30, and he actually ended up missing the cut. So that's another name that wasn't there on Sunday, which was a little bit of a bummer. And I was looking forward to watching Max on Sunday. He missed the cut. So we were two for six, minus 1.5 units for the week. Obviously, that's not great. But winning over four the week before at the U.S. Open, that helps. So we're still over, I think, over two and a half units. Uh, over the last two weeks. So we'll take that. So we're looking to bounce back in Detroit. So let's get into our little Rocket Mortgage classic preview, field notes, all that kind of stuff. So like I said at the top of the show, we are back in Detroit for the third installment of the Rocket Mortgage classic. Last year, Bryson won. So there's that take a look at the guys that made the trip. So Phil Mickelson hasn't done much since winning the PGA. He doesn't really need to. He's a major champion again, but this will be lefty's tournament debut. He is here. Obviously, Bryson is here to defend his title. Jason Day, who I have no idea why he's playing in this golf tournament. I don't know how he's playing in this golf tournament. He had a solid week at the Travelers, but we saw him after the round, after he finished up and walked behind 18 green, we were kind of near the clubhouse, said congratulations to Harris English and Jay Day. And he was like holding his back or holding his hip or something. He was walking gingerly. He did not look great. Uh, hopefully it loosens up on the trip to Detroit. Who knows what's happening? Other big names in the field. This is what I mean by like the, I mean, I, some of them are like A players, but others, there's a lot of the middle of pack names. Matsuyama, obviously, A, he just won the Masters. Matty Wolf, Kokrak, Ricky, Gary Woodland, Patrick Reed, Max Homar, a guy his is here. So a couple of our guys are in the field. So course, Detroit Golf Club, par 72, little over 7,300 yards. I think the scorecard yard is like 7,340, I believe. This is a Donnie Ross design. Poa Greens, the front line, or the front nine, rather, is tree-lined, while the back is a little bit open. That back nine gives up a lot of birdies. I think Bryson finished the tournament last year with three straight birdies. It is the flattest course on the PGA Tour, so it is a very easy walk. Maybe that's why Jason Day decided to play in this golf tournament. Who knows? The weather. So... The weather's going to be a little bit interesting. I know Tuesday, so today when you guys are listening, and Wednesday we're going to get some rain, and then Thursday is a day that we're also seeing a good percent chance of rain, So, which will make the golf course play a little bit longer. The greens will soften up probably. Carry distance becomes a little bit more important. Driving distance in general becomes a little bit more important. So that's going to have to be, you know, we're going to have to incorporate that into the betting stuff. Obviously, I'll wait till tomorrow to kind of look at the weather, see if they got any rain. But Thursday is 77 scattered thunderstorms, 54% chance of rain with nine mile an hour winds coming out of the north. Friday is 74, partly cloudy, 22% chance of rain and 11 mile an hour winds coming out of the north northeast. Saturday is 77, partly cloudy, 22% chance of rain and 9-mile-an-hour winds coming out of the north-northeast. 
Sunday is 78 isolated thunderstorms, 30% chance of rain, and 8-mile-an-hour winds coming out of the west. So the, the wind is kind of coming in multiple directions, especially it's interesting to see that it's coming out of the north-northeast pretty much all week, and then Saturday it completely changes to out of the west. So we'll see how that affects play. Key stats, the course fit, Albany's number one, Sea Island Golf Club is number two, and number three is Royal Port. Or, excuse me, number three is Port Royal Golf Course. There we go. Trending of the players in the field. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It is a long list of trending on data golf. I could, before I got frustrated, I only got two. Patrick Reed is number one. <laughs> Last three starts T49, T18, T7. So you could say that Patrick Reed is trending in the right direction. And then Hideki Matsuyama is number two, T23, T62, and T26. Percent chance to win based on baseline, course history, course fit, all that kind of stuff. No surprise that Bryson DeChambeau is number one at 6.6%. Number two is Patrick Reed at 6.2%. And number three is Webb Simpson at 4.8%, which we will talk about him here in a second. Betting odds, some of the guys, some of the highlights. Bryson is at plus 700. Patrick Reed is double him at 1,400. Matsuyama's at 16. Webb Simpson's at 16. Willie Z is at two. Jason Kokrak's at 27. Neiman's at 27. Matty Wolf's at 27. Jason Day's at 29. Kevin Kisner is all the way up at 29. Sungjae M's at 29. Hoffman's at 33. Go down a little bit. Ricky's at 41. Max is at five. Go a little bit further down. Phil Mickelson's at 65. And that's kind of it for the highlighted names. And not until we get to t- plus 10,000 at like Pat Perez. So for the week, uh, last week, I think, I don't know if I officially did, but I uh, bet a little. I, I think I bet, I don't know. Not not a full unit on Scotty Scheffler to win. I think he's overdue for a win, but I also think that this guy is overdue for a win because I say it every time that he's in the field and every time that he makes it on the betting card, and that is Mr. Will Zalatoris. He had his Hello World moment at the Masters with a solo second behind Hideki Matsuyama. Since then, though, he only has one top 10 finish in six starts. So that's also not great. With the weather this week, the golf course is projected anyway to play a little bit longer, a little bit softer, which means driving distance and then approach shots becomes a little bit more important. On the season, Will ranks 24th in driving distance, uh, just under 307. And then iron play is going to be critical this week. The greens are tricky. That's one of the defenses. The polo greens are really tricky. So the closer to the hole you are, the better. Will is third in strokes and approach on the season. He's not a great butter by any means, but hopefully he gives himself enough enough close looks due to his iron play. He missed the cut in his last start, but both other times he missed the cut this season, he finished inside the top 20 in his very next start. So he's already shown that he can bounce back pretty well from a missed cut. And I just think with soft fairways and soft greens, if you're able to take advantage of your carry distance and then stick some approaches with those with the wet greens, you're going to give yourself a lot of look for birdie. There's not many guys that are better iron players on the PGA Tour than Will Zalatoris, so he will probably end up on the card. I don't know. I wonder if, I, if FanDuel has him now. Um, usually FanDuel waits a little bit longer into the week to put top 10s and 30s and stuff. Let me see if they have it. Let's see. Little Arnie Palms during the podcast today, people. Uh, no, they still only have outrights, but he's at plus 2,000. So we're probably going to have to put Will Zalatoris in the top 10 to get any plus value, to get positive value, I think. But I think I like him enough at this golf course. 
And then, quick, do I think Bryson has a really good shot at defending this uh, week? Yeah, I do, but we're not going to talk about it. I'm not going to mention Bryson. Kevin Kisner, he's going to be a name that we're going to look at this week also. He had a really weird week like we went already in the uh, Travelers recap, but obviously tied for fifth. We love that. Last season at, the, last season at this event, Kiz finished solo third behind Bryson and Matty Wolf. His iron play was very middle of the pack. I think he was 45th in everybody that made the cut in stroke scene approach, but his putting was fantastic. He was third in stroke scene putting in the field. He hits a lot of fairways. He's 18th on tour this season in fairway percentage, and with a hot putter, he can contend at any golf course. Well, maybe not any golf course. He, uh, <laughs> he has even said that he can't contend at any golf course, but... Any golf course like this, it's a little bit shorter, weaker of a field. If his putter gets hot, like it was at TPC River Highlands on Friday and on Sunday, he can contend with anybody. So I like him also. And if you go to FanDuel, see real quick, what's his outright? I think I said his name already. 2,900, which is crazy. So hopefully we can get some plus value for a top 20 for Kiz. Who knows if we're going to be able to, because plus that's not that high for Kiz there. That's crazy at 2,900, but we'll see what happens with Kiz. A name you probably didn't expect to hear, if we're going to be honest, is Mark Hubbard. So from the RBC Heritage to Wells Fargo, he missed four cuts in a row. But since that, since his missed cut at the Wells Fargo, he's made five straight cuts. His best finish coming last week at the Travelers, T13. Last year in Detroit, Hubbard finished T12. Stats-wise, stroke scene-wise, pretty much everything. He's just not going to knock your socks off. He just won't do that for you. But he hits a lot of fairways, and he was able to finish inside the top 15 in Kinetic while losing strokes in approach. So he's able to have even just an okay week with his irons. I think he can make enough putts to have another good week in Detroit. He's plus 13,000 to win. So he is low enough down the card that he may be our top 40 pick for the week. Good history. He's made five straight cuts, just had his best finish of those five straight cuts last week in Connecticut. I think he is a perfect example at some we can go to this week for a top 40 finish. Another guy that's names down the board, Adam Hadwin. He missed the cut at the Travelers, but a month ago, he just posted a top 10 finish at the Charles Schwab. And at this event in 2020, he finished inside the top five. He's great around the greens. He's a great putter, but T to green. He just struggles. And that's kind of why the around the green strokes gain category is a little, I don't want to say misleading, but if you're a fantastic iron player, right, odds are you're not going to be very good in the around the green category, right? Because you don't need to get up and down that much. That's just how, that's just how it works. So this strokes gain category is not going to be that good, but he makes up for his TD Green struggles with a really good short game and a really good putter. If he's able to find fairways, which he does it like a, a decent click, and if he's okay with his irons, I think he can make a lot of putts this week. Again, he's down the board. So what is his exact value to win? If I can pull that up really quick. He's probably in that same same area that, yeah, Adam Hadwin is also plus 10,000 to win. So he's going to be another guy. If we're looking to p- kind of pad the card with top 30s and top 40 picks this week, I think he is a perfect candidate for that. Talk about one of the one of the favorites. And this is probably the favorite that I like the most this week, and that's Webb Simpson. He hasn't been playing a lot of golf, but of, out of all the favorites, I just think I like him the best. His last four starts, T12. T9, T30 in a missed cut. Last year at this event, he did finish inside the top 10. He's just so solid tee to green. He can putt the lights out. If that flat stick gets hot, 
You got to watch out for Webb Simpson. He's always one of those guys that kind of hang around leaderboards, top 30s, top 20s, maybe a top 10 here and there, and then it'll just come out and win. I think this is a spot that I do think Webb Simpson could win a golf tournament. He's just so proficient from tee to green, and then he can absolutely roll it that I think Webb Simpson could be a good candidate for us for probably like a top 10 finish. Like if we were going to go top 10 with somebody this week, I think Webb Simpson is a very good guy. And then I think my sleeper to win this golf tournament. He usually plays well in the first round. I think this is going to be my sleeper to win the golf tournament. I'm not, I don't know if I'll pull a full unit on him to win. I'm not saying that you should take him to win. I just think stats kind of back him up that he could be a very good sleeper to win this golf tournament, and that is Doc Redman. I think he's going to be a guy to watch this week. He's made six of seven cuts and just finished T2 at the Palmetto Championship. I think, what is that, a month ago, maybe three weeks ago? His stroke scene numbers over his last 24 rounds have been really, really good, and I love the approach in putting ranks. Total, he's 48th. T to green, he's 77th. Ball striking, 74th. Stroke, uh, short game, 49th. Approach is 33rd, and then putting is 45th. All of those numbers are in the green ranks, according to Fantasy National, which we love to see. The only one that doesn't rank that high is off the tee, and I think that's just down because his driving distance isn't really high. Let's look it up real quick. I'm going to look up his driving distance rank on the PGA Tour. Yeah, so he hits a fine fairway. He's inside the top 60 on tour when it comes to accuracy with the driver, and he's pretty accurate with his irons too and greens of regulation, but he's 127th on tour in strokes and off the tee just because he ranks 125th in driving distance. He ranks, or he averages just under 294 yards off the tee. So, eh, not super long, but again, not short that it's going to like kill you, I don't think. But everything else looks really, really good, especially that approach. This week, approach and putting is going to be really important. Those are his two lowest categories in his last 24 rounds, uh, strokes and wise. And then in 2020, he was T21 here. So he does have a top 25 finish just last season. And in 2019, he shot 62 in the Monday qualifier for this golf tournament. And then during the week, he shot 68, 67, 67, 67. And that was good enough to finish in second place behind Nate uh, Lashley. So the last two years, he has a uh, runner-up finish, a top 25. He's coming off a T2 performance at the Palmetto Championship. His strokes gain numbers look really, really good. Excuse me. Yeah, six of seven cuts. He's just playing good golf. I think he ha- he's never won on the PGA Tour. He's a young kid that kind of pops up on leaderboards here and there. He's a talented kid, pretty good putter. Uh, let's see, what, where does he rank stroke scene putting wise? Yeah, putting is, is his second best category season long next to his iron play. He's inside the top 50 actually strokes gained uh, approach to the green on tour. I just think at plus 6,000, it's going to be some really good value. He'll probably be our top 30 pick this week. If I had to guess if, where I'm going to put him, that's probably where I'm going to put him on the card wise. But again, if you're looking to bet a favorite twin, uh, I like Webb Simpson. I also like Willie Z just because I think he's way overdue for a win. But if you're looking for a uh, sleeper pick to win the golf tournament, I think Doc Redman is a great one. And then if you go through some of these other guys, obviously I, I usually don't love touching guys to win if they're like their value is not that great. Like Hideki's been playing like okay golf, but he's at 16. Patrick Reed's at 14. 
I usually like to hop on Reed when he's at that 22 to like 25 range. That's usually where he lives. But at 14, that's just not a lot of value. He is number one in trending though. Bryson's at plus 700. That is crazy low. Neiman is another guy that's kind of been finding leaderboards over the last couple months. He's at 27. Matty Wolf had a terrible week at the Travelers. He's at 27. Jay Day, I just, it's an easy walk for sure, but I don't know if his back is good enough to win a golf tournament. Um, Bubba is coming off. We didn't even talk about Bubba actually now. I'm thinking about it for the Travelers. Holy shit, did he choke down the stretch? What was his final, what was his final round look like? Oh my goodness, was it bad? Um, let's see if I can find him super quick. I can't, he almost, he almost fell out of the top 20. That's awful. Yeah. He bogeyed 14, bogeyed 15, bogeyed 16, doubled 17, and then bogeyed 18. Not good. Yeah. Found the water with this approach out of the fairway bunker on 17, three putted for bogey on 16, found the water on the drivable par four. Couldn't get it up and down. Not how you want to close a golf tournament. But again, he had a great week, which that might be something that people look at as a good thing, not, I don't want to say good thing for Bubba, but people, including myself, love to look at guys that had a really good week the week before, but maybe didn't play great on Saturday or Sunday, one of the weekend days, but the other days they were in really good form and bet on them. In that case, would Bubba make a good candidate? Obviously, yes, because he was winning the golf tournament pretty much all day Sunday and then just collapsed on the last couple holes. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking up real quick if he played in the Rocket Mortgage last year. He did. He missed the cut. In 2019, he played in it and missed the cut. So he missed the cuts both years. He shot 68 in the first round in 2019, but then shot 75. What did he do last year? 71, 71, 200 to miss a cut. Yeah, so I don't know. Not great. I mean, he's shown that he can shoot under par at this golf, golf course. I mean, judging by the layout of everything, it sounds like I could shoot under par at this golf course. So that's not really saying much. But again, if you're looking for a guy that kind of fell off the radar just because of his Sunday performance later into the round, you could look at him at 3,400 and maybe like top 20, top 30, somewhere around there. But yeah, guys, that's all we got for the Rocket Mortgage. I'm just very excited. Hopefully, I actually might also release a betting article Tuesday for the Irish Open. Um, I know their odds are all over the place on FanDuel. A lot of people are betting that. So maybe I'll include something about the Irish Open also. I know I'll do something for the Scottish and obviously the Open. I'm just ready for another major. I'm ready to go. The Rocket Mortgage Classic is okay. And then what is it? The fucking John Deere the next week, which I'm already not looking forward to talking about. Talking about the fucking John Deere Classic. I got to look up the schedule. I'm just, I hate talking about the John Deere Classic. That fucking golf course sucks. Yeah. So we got the Rocket Mortgage this week, the John Deere the week after, and then the Open, and then the Barbasol, which I'll warn you now, I'm not I'm not talking about the Barbasol, but that's what we got coming up. And then actually news, I don't know, a couple of minutes before I started recording, uh, the PGA Tour is stopping player COVID testing on site, I believe in July. So next month they're stopping that, which hopefully is a sign that they're going to open up a little bit more to the media for golf tournaments because obviously we want to start getting Twilight Nine a little bit more at these golf tournaments, which is going to be sick. Very much looking forward to that. But that's a little end of the show news for you guys. But that's all we got this week. Uh, follow the Instagram at Twilight Nine Pod at Riley Hamill underscore is my personal Instagram. Uh, the TikTok has been doing really good. So go follow us over there. I think it's Twilight Nine Podcast is a username for that. 
email in any questions you got for the show, email any suggestions, uh, Riley at twilight9.com. If you have any instructional ideas, if you need help in your golf swing, send over uh, a topic idea and maybe I'll make a video on it in the coming weeks. But again, the next instructional video is going to be going live on our YouTube on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Depending when you are listening to this on Tuesday, the betting article may already be out. So pay attention to that. Share the show around with your friends, guys. Um, and enjoy the Rocket Mortgage this week. Really looking forward to the Open, the John Deere. I'm not really excited to talk about that next week, but enjoy the Rocket Mortgage. Should be a pretty good tournament. The field's pretty good. And I don't know much about the golf course. I don't remember watching much of it last year just because Bryson was winning, but hopefully I'll be able to sit down and watch him golf this weekend. But enjoy it, guys, and I will talk to you guys next week.